Hey guys, I'm Pastor Gabe, and welcome to the Valor Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, D.L. Moody said this, The first work of the Spirit is to give life, spiritual life. He gives it and he sustains it. If there is no life, there can be no power. Solomon says, A living dog is better than a dead lion. When the Spirit imparts this life, he does not leave us to droop or die, but constantly fans the flame. He is ever with us. Surely we ought not to be ignorant of his power and his work. I know many of you are aware of the ministry of the Holy Spirit identified as he is with us, he dwells in us, and he comes upon us. Like Moody said, God does not want us to be ignorant of the work of his Spirit in us, but notice we find a connection between the gifts of the Spirit and the proclamation that Jesus is Lord. If we were to categorize the gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, we might as well group them as comprehension, confirmation, and communication gifts. These are the ways God's Spirit comes upon us in order to work through us, to understand, to confirm, and to communicate the gospel. This is exactly how Pastor Greg has taught us for so many years. He teaches us in a way that is easy to understand. His teachings are confirmed by Scripture, the Bible, and he always communicates the gospel and gives people an opportunity to pray and receive Christ as Lord and Savior. It's incredible. But, you know, he'd be the first to tell you it's not him saving anybody. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that does that. And when you believe and when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you were born into God's family by the Holy Spirit. You know, we are all God's creation, believer and unbeliever alike, but it's by belief in Jesus that we were born into God's family. Guys, it is so important for us to know who He is, what He does, and how He wants to use us for His glory. In order for us to be the men of God, husbands, fathers, brothers, uncles, and friends he has called us to be, we need to know who he is. You know, the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus never referred to it when he was talking about the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 15, and 16, for example, he spoke of the Holy Spirit as he because he's not a force or a thing, but he's a person. The Bible teaches that God is a triune being, a trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The King James Version describes the Holy Spirit as a Holy Ghost. Guys, he's not a ghost like you would think of in the movies, and I bet he doesn't look like Patrick Swayze. If you didn't get that, that's a the movie Ghost reference. But anyway, the Holy Spirit is a gift to us. He loves us and he cares about us. Make that more personal, guys. The Holy Spirit is a gift to you. He loves you and he cares about you. We see from the Bible that the Holy Spirit has intellect, emotions, and will. In addition to this, the Bible also ascribes to him the acts we would expect of someone who was not just a force, but a real person. Guys, get your pens out. We have a lot of scriptures to go over. The first one is he speaks, Revelation 2.7 and Acts 13.2. The next, he intercedes, Romans 8.26. He testifies in John chapter 15, verse 26. He leads, Acts 8.29 and Romans 8.14. He commands, Acts 16.6 and 7. He guides, John 16.13. He appoints, Acts 20, verse 28. You know, guys, he could be lied to, Acts 5, 3, and 4. He can be insulted in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. He can be blasphemed, Matthew 12, verses 31 and 32. 
and he can be grieved. You know, it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but whom you were sealed for that day of redemption. Each of these emotions and acts we have listed are characteristics of a person. He is a person with all the attributes of personality. But not only is he a person, he is divine as well. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. He is God. And throughout the Bible, it is clear that the Holy Spirit is God himself. This is seen in the attributes that are given to the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Without exception, these attributes are those of God himself. Again, I'm going to go through a bunch of scriptures right now, so write these down. In Hebrews 9, 14, he is eternal. In Luke 1, 35, he is all-powerful. In Psalms 139, and we just learned this a couple weeks ago from Pastor Greg, he is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere. In 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11, he is omniscient. That means he is all-knowing. The Holy Spirit is called God in Acts 5, 3 and 4. He is the creator in Genesis 1 and 2. You know, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in Colossians 1, where Paul is writing to the church of Colossae about the Lord Jesus Christ, among other tremendous truth, he tells us, for in him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were together creating the world. To understand and accept these facts is the greatest importance to every Christian, both theologically and practically. And guys, we've been having some incredible nights of worship, prayer, and communion at Harvest lately. And the Spirit has been so thick and evident in that room. There are those nights that you never want to end, right? And I'm sure I'm in good company when I say I love powerful, God-centered times of worship and prayer. I love hearing God speak a word of knowledge through someone or sensing the presence of the Holy Spirit when God's people are in one accord worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. I heard the story of a guy who loved music you know, uh, worship music, quote unquote, but he just didn't get it. And the story goes, you know, a pastor met a man at the back door of the church who had a grim and solemn look on his face. And as the man extended his hand, he said to the pastor, I have to tell you, pastor, after today, I'll be moving on. The pastor said, moving on? What do you mean? Are you sick? You moving away? What do you mean moving on? And the man said, I will be looking for another church. Pastor asked, why? The man said, it's the worship here. It just doesn't move me. And the pastor quickly replied, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't know it was for you. You see, guys, worship is our opportunity to give praise to the Lord. We get to bless God. Did you know that? We were made to worship Him. As the Spirit is moving in that room, it's about Him. When singing songs to bless His name becomes about you or your feelings, you got it all wrong. And here's a warning from Timothy. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, he says this, But know this, in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. The word denying, it can also be translated as contradicting. And in the book of Jude, he said, 
He said there will be those who make a mockery of the Holy Spirit in the last days by their contradictory teachings and actions. You know, much of what happens in the church of the last days concerning the power of the Holy Spirit will contradict the person, the purpose, and the power of the Spirit as recorded in Scripture. Namely, a spiritual experience will be elevated above the power to be witnesses. And we see this happening so much today. Guys, be lovers of Jesus. Keep your eyes on Him. And every opportunity you get, every opportunity, praise His name. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. So much the more as you see the day approaching. Guys, that day is coming fast. We need to pray without ceasing. That means never stop praying. And we need to pray in the Spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us as with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. John 14, 15, and 17 says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Sumeria and to the ends of the earth. So guys, we need to take him seriously. There is power that comes upon you when the Holy Spirit enters your life. God the Holy Spirit cannot be stopped, and the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. When saints are about the business of rescuing those drawn toward death, the power of the Spirit is there so they can be witnesses. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Men, we serve an unstoppable God, and he has made available to us the power to be witnesses. And when we witness, divine power is enabled, and whatever it takes to win that soul you are reaching out to, either by compassion or fear as you pull them from the fire, you will have it because Christ is glorified when the church multiplies. If you want to walk in Holy Spirit power, walk within the Holy Spirit's purpose. Romans 8, 9 through 11 says, But you are not in the flesh. Be in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give to you your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Guys, when you gave your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, you were born of the Spirit and born into God's family. You were also sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.13 says, In Jesus you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, after you believed, were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Guys, the last few weeks, 
we talked about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Guys, our prayer is that you will grow in the knowledge and love of God. In closing, I love the words of a worship song we sing at our church. It's called This I Believe, and it says this, I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. Guys, may the power of the Holy Spirit have his way in you. And may he shine his light and his grace through you. And I pray he blesses you and guides you and directs you in his powerful and holy name. Amen.